0: This is Howard Anderson, Managing Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today we're talking with Tom Walsh, President of Tom Walsh Consulting, an Overland Park, Kansas-based firm specializing in healthcare information security issues. We'll discuss how hospitals, physician groups, and other healthcare organizations should work with their business associates to make sure they comply with the high-tech breach notification rule. Thanks for joining us, Tom.
1: Well, thank you, Howard. I appreciate it.
0: For starters, why don't you give us just a brief overview of the breach notification requirements for covered entities and business associates?
1: Okay. Well, obviously the uh, covered entities have a lot to do as far as the breach notification. There's a whole rule uh, that was issued in September, which specifies what they have to do. For the business associates, they would, at a minimum, have to report the breach to the their covered entity. But depending upon how um, they store the information and what their service is to the covered entity, they may have a greater role in the breach notification process. And that is also um, explained in the rule. So, for example, some organizations may outsource some of their clinical information systems management to a business associate. And if the breach occurred there, they would have a better understanding of who the patients were who were affected by it, what the breach uh, caused. So they would take the lead in some cases in doing the investigation work and then possibly even reporting it to the Department of Health and Human Services. So, um, again, it kind of depends. So a business associate could have a minor role or it could play a major part. just depends on what they're doing and the type of breach they're dealing with.
0: What specific questions should healthcare organizations ask their business associates about how they're preparing to comply with the breach notification rule?
1: Well, Howard, I would recommend that covered entities talk to their business associates and find out how they collect data when an incident gets reported. And I say an incident because initially everything starts as an event or some incident. As we follow up and go through this investigative process, and apply the breach notification process will determine whether or not it truly is a breach. If it's a breach and it has to be reported at some point to the Department of Health and Human Services, you want to make sure you're reporting all the necessary data. So at a minimum, I would have covered entities check with their business associates and make sure that they have a system in place for collecting information about an incident, which could ultimately lead to a breach, And that the fields that they're collecting for the data that they're collecting actually matches up with the fields on the Department of Health and Human Services webpage where covered entities are supposed to report breaches either annually or within uh, 60 days if it's over 500 patients. So you you really want to make sure they're collecting the right data. Uh, I would also ask them, as far as my business associates, do they have insurance? that would cover them in the event there was a breach. This whole breach notification process can be very expensive, sending out first-class letters, following up, uh, maybe even doing some type of uh, change to the website to notify patients about the breach. Somebody's got to pay for that. So I would say they want to make sure they've got insurance coverage that would also cover the business associate in the event of some kind of data breach.
0: Should healthcare organizations rewrite or amend their business associate contracts in light of the breach notification rule, and what details need to be added?
1: Uh, yes, sir. I would say they want to uh, update their business associate agreements. A couple of things I would put in for sure. One is I would define the term breach, because breach now takes on this special meaning under the High Tech Act, under the breach notification process. So. Technical people tend to talk about a breach, meaning maybe that a hacker or somebody unauthorized from the outside penetrates through their uh, initial layer of network defense. So we want to make sure everyone's clear on the meaning of the word breach. I would also, at a minimum, put in the definition of unsecured protected health information. Because, again, that's something that's defined in a whole rule that came out, and I would say that they would want to make sure data is either encrypted following NIST guidelines or the Federal Information Processing Standard, FIPS, Publication 140-2. That's what's called out in the regulation. Beyond having just the definitions of terms, some of the other sections that I would put in there, most of the older business associate agreements say that the business associate will put in appropriate safeguards and controls administrative, physical, and technical. Um, I would put in there now that they specifically have to comply with the sections of the HIPAA security rule, 164.308, 164.310, 164.312, and 164.316, so that they understand um, that they have to comply with all of the HIPAA security rule. Uh, The other things I would also put in there – is some guidance on what data needs to be collected, as we talked about earlier. If there was an incident or a breach, how they would communicate that back to the covered entity. Most business associate agreements don't say how to report; they just say report it. So you sure don't want to send, it, have them sending it in an email. I would want to have a secure channel, and I would want to tell them who to send it to, when to send it to the person. Uh, that also put in there something about in my business associate agreement, they may actually be involved in working with the covered entity to remediate it and maybe even possibly share in the cost if notification letters had to go out and it was the business associate's fault. So I think those are some of the key things you'd want to put into the business associate agreement. I think I'd also let them remind them that under the HIPAA security rule, any policies or procedures they create should be retained for six years from the date of creation. Uh, and, just, and it's in the rule, but it's kind of a nice little reminder to put in that um, agreement that you have with them.
0: Okay, just to reiterate, what's the single best procedure for business associates to use for reporting the breach to their partner? And what about the best procedure for notifying consumers affected by the breach?
1: Well, we'll start first with the uh, their, uh, contacting their healthcare partners or the covered entity. So there should be some well-defined structure as far as what they're collecting, then the kind of the basic questions, who, what, where, when, why, and how. You don't want them to send this in an email. If they send it certified now, how many days is it going to take to get there? Certain states have more restrictive laws as far as breach notification than the federal government. For example, California, they only have five calendar days to report a breach to the California Department of Public Health. Well, you're not going to make it in five days if your business associate doesn't report it to you till let's say, 10 or 15 days after the event occurred. So you really need to be specific as far as when they report it. And then uh, I would say if it, it would really help to give the name of the person you want them to report it to, the contact information of that person, the telephone number, cell phone number, so that someone can get that call. And if they're not there, who's their backup? that they can call to report this. So I think that's the best practice for the covered entities is specifying this to the business associates. And then uh, as far as the business associates and the consumers, they probably wanna create for themselves some type of templates in advance if they had to do a breach notification, whether it be to their covered entity or to the actual patients or individuals whose data was compromised. It's better to have that done in advance when you're not under pressure, when you have time to get legal review
0: and marketing
1: input on it.
0: How often should healthcare organizations touch base with their business associates for updates on their breach notification plan? Should they be um, checking in quarterly or something? Well, quarterly may be too much. I would say
1: you'd want to do it at least annually. And I would think you'd want to do it at the last quarter of the year. That's because reports of breaches are due to the Department of Health and Human Services within 60 days after the end of the calendar year. So you have like until March 1st to get those reports in. So by checking with your business associates in the last quarter of the year, you can ask them now, did you have any incidents throughout the year that we needed to report at the end of the year? um, Do you have everything your plans are okay, you've got everything working so that you can report that to us on time. Any more than that, it may be too burdensome because a lot of covered entities do business with multiple business associates, and they have a lot of contracts
0: out there. Finally, now that the HIPAA security and privacy rules and the penalties apply directly to business associates, as you mentioned, what steps would you recommend that those business associates take to improve security and minimize the risk of breaches?
1: I think it'd be good for business associates to have some third party come in and verify that the controls and safeguards they have in place meet typical healthcare standards. Many of these um, organizations have uh, for years agreed to, you know, put in appropriate safeguards and controls, but one person's definition of what is appropriate may not meet a, another person's definition. And having an impartial party, like a third-party auditor, come in and review it, uh, I think would add credibility when the business associate says to the covered entity, we're doing our part to protect your data, and here's our proof. If you think about within the uh, financial world, generally when you do work with a business partner, they do an audit. They call it a SAS 70 Type 2 audit. And so what I see is probably in the future there will be a similar type audit criteria established for healthcare organizations that they could ask their business associates to go through so that we know when they tell us they're protecting data properly, we've got some assurance that, in fact, they really are
0: protecting it. Well, thanks very much, Tom. We've been talking today with security consultant Tom Walsh. This is Howard Anderson of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.